Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the wonderful, tangible, marked sense of your spirit. And we ask you now, Lord, to shut each and every one of us in with yourself. And may this word find a lodging place in every heart. And may we leave this place saying, like Jacob of old, Surely this is the gate of heaven. To our souls, Lord, that we would know that the Lord is in this place. Glorify your name, we pray. For Jesus' sake we ask it. Amen. I want to start this by an introduction of the title, A Negative Attitude and a Positive Concentration. A Negative Attitude and a Positive Concentration. Look what Paul says in verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. Paul is referring to the previous verses or the previous conversation of the chapter here. I'll explain it in a little moment. Notice what he says, I count myself not to have apprehended. Let me say it again. I count myself not to have apprehended. The word here for count, you and I know what it is to count. One and one makes two. Two and two, four. And if you do big sums, you can go higher if you want. But here he's saying, I count myself not to have apprehended. And this little word count, I want to strengthen the meaning of it this morning. I believe if we show you the strength of it in other places in scripture, now not the word count, but the Greek meaning of the word, it'll strengthen your spirit, it'll encourage you in the Lord. The word here for count is the word logizome. And logizome means to reckon or to count, to come to a finish, a finished, established, calculated conclusion. In other words, it's more than just, well, a fleeting thought that Paul had. Paul, looking back at his conversation in Philippians chapter 3, as we know it, or the conversation, there's no verses and chapters in the original, as we know. The, the, the conversation which he had previous to where we have verse 13. He's looking at it, he sums, up, sums it up, and he's summing up things in his life. He's summing up things that maybe... He had to sit down and really meditate on and ponder over. And it gives the idea that Paul sat down and came to a finished, 
calculated conclusion. Let me give you an example. If I say I had, say, £50 in the bank, and I got a statement saying you have only £50 left, and I read my bank statement, and I thought, maybe I had more than that, or maybe I was surprised I had that much. But saying whatever I looked at it, and it said £50. Well, what I do is, I take the account in there, or the statement that says I have £50, and I reckon up, I count, I calculate my income and my outgoings, and see according to the bank statement what has come in and what has come out. Calculating it all up, sitting down, looking over it, I come to a finished, calculated, and a settled conclusion that I have 50 pounds. Now that's easy, isn't it? But once I have calculated that and have it settled, I notice the words here, once I have it settled in my mind and in my heart, and there it is, it's on the page, you have 50 pounds in your account. It's all been calculated, it's all been settled, and I've come and I've looked at it from different directions and angles. Well, that's what it says, that's what it is, and you become settled in your mind and your heart. That's it. That's it. Outside of that, if I have come uh, and looked at my income and my outgoings and I have looked at it from every angle and I've counted it up and I've phoned the bank and I've posted me out a new invoice and it says, or, or, or a new bank statement and it says 50 pounds, 50 pounds. Nothing's going to change that. And I might want it to be different. I might think of it that it could be different, but it's still 50 pounds. So I come to a settled conclusion that's what it is. And outside of that, I'm in disillusion if I think any different. Outside of that, in other words, I have to be true to myself or I'm deceiving myself. If it says 50 pounds, we've done all the calculation and it says 50 pounds, no matter how much I speak against it, no matter how much I count it up again, no matter how much I try and fiddle the print well, by writing a six or another zero at the end of it, I won't turn it to 500 pounds. It's still what it is. It is what it is. That's what Paul's saying here. He comes to a place, he says, I'm not going to deceive myself. And I'm surely not going to deceive you. He says, I count myself not to have apprehended. I have looked at these things left and right, upside down. I've come through so much, he says. But I've gathered it all together. I've meditated on it. I've pondered it over. I've thought about it. It is what it is. I won't deceive myself. I count myself not to have apprehended. In other words, the word logizome refers to fact. Fact rather than supposition or opinion. Now many of us as Christians, how many of us want the word to fit our experience that we can live or believe or have an opinion or a supposition? We want the word to, to fit our experience rather than our experience fitting into the word. 
No matter what way we look at it, no matter how much we try and discard it, no matter whether we run away from it, it is what it is. It's fact. It's settled. And the problem is many of us as believers, born again, blood-washed children of God, many of us run around with negative attitude. We do not have a settled, calculated conclusion of God and whom he is to us and whom we are in him. You know what happens? We become so discouraged, become depressed, we go wayward, we backslide, we become stale because we don't know in our own hearts truly the settled conclusion of God in our lives. When a heart is settled and has, as it were, a a, a calculated conclusion that God loves you, that you're his in Christ, that you're forgiven of all your sin, that you're righteous before the Father. Yes, when you have went wrong. Yes, when you've wandered away and went astray. Yes, when you've sinned before him. I am not advocating a walking in an open course of sin now. But no matter what, you need to come to a settled conclusion, a calculated conclusion of what the word says about you and about you and your God. And when you are settled in that conclusion in your heart, you can say, I have counted what the word says about me. On the other hand, the unsaved, the unsaved can have an unsettled conclusion. Or basically, the unsaved have an unsettled conclusion at all times about themselves. For in other words, the dead, and the dead uh, who are those who are dead in trespasses and in sins, they're dead toward God. They have no idea of their condition, and so when they hear the word of God, or they're brought to a gospel meeting, and they hear the gospel being preached, or someone's witnessing, the reason they stay away from church, the reason they don't want to come, is because they can hear things they don't want to hear. Some Christians are like that too. Because the word can be hard and it's like the, the, the disciples who or those who followed Christ for the bread and the fish when he said about eating his bread and drinking his blood, they said, this is a hard saying, who can hear it? And they walk away from him. He turns to his disciples and he says, will you also leave me? And Peter says, to whom will we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. I might not like what I'm hearing. I might not have come and followed you, Jesus, to hear these words. It might pierce me like a sword. It might go through me like an arrow. It might hurt my feelings. It might do something inside of me that makes me want to run away, that makes me want to hide, that makes me want to disappear. But one thing is this, in only you and you alone are the words of eternal life. You see, they're settled. Forever settled in heaven. And that word is settled in heaven doesn't change. So that word that is settled in heaven doesn't change all the time. It stays forever. When God spoke it, God meant it, and so God keeps his word. And you and I, we, 
we tend to judge God as it were or put God into a box where God is like unto the human. The man and the woman who say one thing and mean another or say one thing meaning to do what they say but they don't do it. Failing and falling, faltering and letting each other down. God is not like that for you and your life. All the things he says in this scripture, we need to, as it were, reckon them up. Come to a calculated and a settled conclusion in our hearts. And not to be like the unsaved to say, well, you know, I don't want to hear those things, so I'll stay away from it. But rather, allow the word of God to enter our very spirit. The word of God to be shut up like fire in our bones until we cry, not my will, but thine be done. And come to a sound conclusion of whom we are before God. Christian, this Bible tells me something about you and about me. Now let's come to a settled conclusion in it, once and for all. If you're trusting, if you've been regenerated, quickened and made alive to the Holy Spirit, and you have been touched by the Spirit of God, you have received Christ as your Lord, you're believing in his sacrifice on the cross, the shedding of his blood as a once for all, never to be repeated sacrifice for your sin. That Christ bore your sin and your shame, your suffering, your sorrow and your sickness in his body on the tree. The word of God said it. Come to a settled, calculated conclusion. Then God means it. You have it. So that's it. That's the word logizome. I count, Paul says. The unsaved can run away. The unsaved can live how they like. But at the end of all matters and all things, there is a throne of judgment. And it will be judged according as God's word says. Not as a preacher in Donna Cloney Hedham says. Or anyone else for that fact. According to the word of God. The man and the woman who are Christ's and have run away from duty like Jonah will always be found out by God and sent back to where they were. Now let's try again some. You can run so far and you think you're getting away but you always run in to the arms of God. Thank the Lord for second chances, brother. Thank the Lord for second chances, sister. In fact, thank the Lord for a million chances. That's called grace. It's called grace. I've failed him today. I have. You've failed him today, even when we don't know it. It's called grace. Abounding over our sin. Paul says here, I'm looking at the fact rather than the supposition or the opinion. This isn't Paul's opinion, he says. I've come to the conclusion, what does God say about me? What does God say about my life? What does God say about my family? What does God say about the situation I'm in? And the only way you and I will know is if we start reading the word of God. It would surprise you how many Christians don't pick this book up from week to week. 
And if God were to show each and every one of us up and say, when's the last time you read my word? I wonder how many red faces there would be. I remember in a prayer meeting one time, and I'll tell you who it was. It was Pastor Johnny Brown. We're in a prayer meeting one, one, one day in Whitewell. And Johnny Brown got up and he, and he was praying and he says, Lord, we know, talking about praying for backsliders and those who are wandering away and strength for them. And you know, the of seat of Christ is where we receive reward or loss. It's not the great white throne judgments for believers standing before God. Believer, I have to tell you something, you're going to stand before God and give an account. And he got up to pray and never forget it. And it, was a, it was one of those ones you never forget. And he says, Lord, we know there'll be many beamers at the beamer. Plenty of red faces before you, Lord. Beamers. Be many beamers at the beamer. Whatever the Lord says about you and about me, that's it. It doesn't change. I want to say it again because I feel it needs to get into our spirit. It needs to go into our hearts this morning. Whatever God says about you, it doesn't change. You know what God says about you this morning? That you're righteous in his son. Do you know what God says about you this morning? You who are weak. He says then, if you trust me, I'll lift you up. I'll strengthen you. Do you know what God says about you this morning? To the prodigal who's run away from God. He says, well, I'm here and I'll welcome you with open arms when you come to me. We need to get it settled into our hearts who God is, what God says, and what he says about me, and what he says about you. God says about you this morning, you're justified before him because you're in Christ. You know what that means? You're just as if you had never sinned. Oh, Swoon hand in the forehead. Swoon, Lord, I can't come before you. We need to get rid of that mentality because next thing you're swooning, next thing you're fainting, next thing you're dying. God says, I know who you are, dust of the earth, worm of Jacob. I know where you've been. I know what you've done. Just come back to me. And I will freely love you. God's word says that. That the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. This word here, logizome, for count, Paul says, I count myself not to have apprehended. He's come to a finished and a settled, calculated conclusion about what God says about his past life, his present life, and his future life. And you and I really need to know what God says about our past life. Let me show you what he says before we look at this word here. I'll just read it to you just for time's sake. I'll try and quickly get to it. Listen to what God says about your past life. How dark is your past? Mine's is pretty dark. So how dark is your past? Or maybe you've been saved from a young age. Listen to what God's kept you from. But all of us need it saved. Listen to what he says this morning. Micah chapter 7 verse 18. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity? 
and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. Now notice what he says in verse 19. He will turn again. He will have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. God has taken your sin from, uh, from you were born in the, uh, conceived in your mother's womb. You're, you're born in shaping and iniquity. And every single sin, God has taken them and nailed them to the cross in his son. And his wrath that was against you and, and upon you, ready to be re- released and unleashed upon you, was poured out on Calvary's cross. God is not angry with you, brother. He loves you. Because when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. Now, God may be angry if you're getting up to no good. And he may chastise to bring you back to the way because he loves you. But he's not sitting like a like a tyrant with a big stick. I'm going to beat you, Christian. He's looking at you and he's saying, you know what, I love you. My son died for you. Get it settled in your heart this morning that he loves you. And the goodness of God should lead us to repentance. A change of mind in our ways and our attitudes. A negative attitude is what many believers have about God and who they are in God. But what we want to look at, and it'll take us into next week, is a positive concentration. Where we concentrate our efforts, where we concentrate our minds. Because I've said it before, where your mind is, there your heart will follow. Where your heart is, there your body will follow. Your sins are cast into the depths of the sea, as it were. The Lord says he's cast them behind his back. Into the depths of the sea. We were always taught there's a big sign put up, stuck in the ground. Do you know what it says? No fishing. No fishing. The devil comes with his rod. The Lord says, clear off, go I want to pull out Ken Davidson's past and his sins. And the Lord says, you will not indeed. Go on, take yourself off. No fishing. The forgetting, as it were, of God is not a weakness of God, but a strength. And a strength is that he is able to completely obliterate any remembrance of your sin and mine. Because Christ died for us. Do you see when we die and kingdom come and we open our eyes and from death into life and stand before the first view we have of the throne? We'll be worshipping and we will stand at a beam of seat, but you know, we're not going to be burning in a lake of fire. We're going to be entering the joy of the Lord. Settle it in your heart this morning. I want to look briefly before we wrap this up. Just This is just an introduction. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians. I want to look at this word, legozime, or legozime. 2 Corinthians, please, chapter 3. Now, the English word is different 
but it's the same Greek word. We'll not read what it's all going on here. Just, just one verse I want to look at. Verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Notice what Paul says here. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. See the word think. It's the same word for count. Now go to me. In other words, Paul is saying, do you see all the things that we bring, whether spiritual or material? The healing power in prayer, the laying on of hands and the receiving of the Holy Spirit, the preaching in power and authority of the word of God, speaking the word forth, he says, see all of those things, it's not of ourselves. In fact, he's saying, whenever I think about it, Notice what he says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. We've thought about it, we've pondered over it, we've questioned it, we've asked it, we've prayed about it, and we have come to a settled conclusion that Paul the Apostle is just a man, but everything that is working in Paul and through Paul, he says, it's not our sufficiency, it's all of God. The word think there is the same word, logizome. Paul's saying here, look, anything that we have, we cannot reckon that it's ourselves. Brothers and sisters, notice this and understand this. This this is something that we really need to dig deep for ourselves, whether it's the musicians and Gary and Stephen and Ruth and Margaret and Richard or I mean Dave Plem and Richard's not on or or, or, or Lauren or, or whoever. The Sunday school teachers and the Kingdom Kids, Christina there and and all the leaders there or the youth leaders, I could go through all the names, but myself and the word. It's easy to feel, to think, to suppose to have an opinion sometimes that, you know, this, you know, we feel the pressure of it. That there has to be a performance. And if there's not a performance, then God won't move. If there's not a performance, there won't be a blessing. If there's not a performance, the people or the children or the teenagers or whoever are looking our way, they're going to be greatly and sadly disappointed because there's no performance or I'm not up to scratch or maybe I haven't been in hours in prayer and so on and so on and so on. But I have something to tell us all this morning, including myself. The sufficiency isn't off you. It's not about you. The sufficiency is all of God. And we need to come to a settled, finished, calculated conclusion. You know what, Lord? I'm tired today. Whether it's Gary or myself or whoever else, and you're coming up to stand by me with a guitar, Gary, and you go, oh, I wish I was in bed. I'm wrecked. Or I'm coming up to preach and I'm going, oh, Lord, I've no sense of you about me. It doesn't go by our feelings. It's not who we are or what we think we are. Our sufficiency is all of him. All of it. 
You're going to work, oh Lord, I can't face this, your sufficiency is of him. You're going for an interview, your sufficiency is all of him. You're right about finances, your sufficiency is all of him. Someone has asked you to pray. It's not about you, it's about your God. Your sufficiency is all of him. The word logitome is, Paul says, I've thought about it. So we think. I've thought about it. My mind has come under the authority of God. It's all about him. It's about Christ. It's not about me. If it's about the man, if it's about the woman, then let's just shut shop and go home. There's better things I could do. But it's not. It's about Christ. Your life and all you are, your sufficiency is not of you. You need a settled, finished, calculated, reckoning conclusion to know in your mind, your heart, and in your life that no matter what you think, no matter your opinion, no matter what you're trying to work out for yourself, that it all comes around to this, it's all about him. It's all from him. Some of the best meetings that I personally think that we have had I've been feeling the worst, the worst, the worst could be. Oh, I can't do this, Lord, this morning. You know, when you come in and you're coming in and you're here, and that's the calling, this is the way things are. Like, But, you know, when you come in and maybe you're sitting in your seat and you're not feeling up to things, well, it's easy to not enter into worship or not, although we should. Not enter into worship and let things go by and your thoughts are all around you and you're trying to fight your way through things. It's easy to get into that mode, but when you're here, whether you're singing or playing or leading or preaching, you know, and you get up and you go, Lord, I don't feel I have anything for the people. That's when the Lord says, You never have anything for the people, son. You don't even have anything for yourself. And that's the truth. And when we get to a settled conclusion in our minds, Lord, <laughs> this is me now speaking to the Lord sometimes. You're about to see into the private life of Ken Davidson here. Sometimes a light comes on and you go, Lord, you're right. <laughs> I'm always right. <laughs> you're right, Lord. It's not how I feel. And it's not what I think. And it's not my opinion. It's fact. His word says that he is God over all. We cannot reckon nor come to any finished, settled conclusion. No matter how we look at it. No matter what we think about it or our opinions. That we are sufficient in ourselves and be true to ourselves. I'm sufficient. I can preach all the time. I'm going to preach this word and I could preach for hours and I can do this. And, I, and the Lord says, well, go ahead. So work away. 
And you're never true to yourself because then you do it. You do it in the flesh. You don't do it in the spirit. And you know what happens? Nothing. Because the flesh is death and carnal. But in the spirit is life. Brings life to the meeting. Brings life to the people. It'll bring life to your life. And you'll bring life to others when we do it in the spirit. And realize... Lord, I'm weak today, but my sufficiency isn't of myself. It's all of you. Settle it in your mind this morning. Settle it in your heart. Lord, you know, I can't do this. Too much is expected of me, Lord, and I just can't do this. The Lord says, well, I'm not expecting you to do it. I'm just expecting you to obey me, and I'll do it. That's just a wee sample of the start I wrote that yesterday all the girls went out to get their hair cut they all getting their hair cut and my dad was in the room dear love him he's lying snoring his head off sleeping away and I thought now's the time went out praying and I got stuck into this and this is what the Lord's been showing me from yesterday it's not all about you son and it's not about man, it's not about woman, it's not about how good you can be, it's not how professional you are, it's not how well you even sing. Sorry, guy, I mean, I'm your greatest fan, but it's not about how well I could sing, but it's about how well you can do things or anything. It's about him. It's all about him. He's your sufficiency this morning. What do you need this morning? What do you need this morning? I need strength, he's your sufficiency. I need healing, he's your sufficiency. What did the Spirit say this morning? And I'll be honest, that just comes forth. I had no idea about this, thinking of like this. My grace is sufficient. He's sufficient in everything. Yield to him. Come under his authority. Trust in his word. See what he'll do for you. Come to a settled conclusion. Take that negative attitude. And next week in the Lord's word, well, we'll turn it into a positive concentration. The praise of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God bless us this morning. Lord bless you. We're gonna We're gonna receive the Lord's tithe and the offering. Thank you for your giving. So again, remember, don't come tonight. I think you'd remember that anyway, wouldn't you? (laughs) And there's no meetings all week. And Sunday morning, we'll be back in the Lord's will. Sunday evening next week, we'll be back in the Lord's will. We'll see how the Lord leads us then from week to week. God bless you. Gary, would you? Maybe in the team, lead us in something.